and welcome into What's Up Peoria. I am your host, Nathaniel Washburn, coming to you from Amplify Studio here at the Main Library in Old Town Peoria. We are back with another episode for you, so you can find out what's going on, all the events happening in Peoria, and of course, we have a wonderful guest with us today. I want to introduce Thomas Barr. Thomas is with Local First Arizona. He is the Vice President of Business Development Thomas, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for being a part of our podcast and for joining us to talk about Local First AZ and all the wonderful things you do. Also, I'm excited because I have my co-pilot who shows up when you know when she can, and I'm excited to have her. Mary Lou uh, Stevens is here, the director of our Arts, Culture, and Library Services Department, back again to help me co-host. Mary Lou, how are you doing? I'm great. Good to see you, Nathaniel. Good to see you, Thomas. You and too. Mary Lou, I didn't get a chance to thank you for filling in for me a few weeks ago. You did a fantastic job. Uh, super charismatic as always. So thanks for filling in for me. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> I appreciate that. All right, we'll, we'll jump into some of the events uh, coming up here in the next few weeks so everybody knows what's going on. And then we'll come back to Thomas to talk about Local First AZ. Excited about this conversation. So uh, events happening. Uh, February's a pretty busy month. There's a, a lot going on. So we want to jump into some of the things happening in February, uh, starting with uh, uh, the second Saturday event that will be happening February 11th. As always, our second Saturdays happen in Old Town Peoria. A um, lot going on. Mary Lou, anything sticking out for this second Saturday coming up? Well, you know the big one is going to be Light at Play. I was going to wait on that. Well, was, it's, but it's, you jump right into it's it. It's opening on the 10th, so it'll be <laughs> there on second Saturday. So you have to check it out. Yeah, and, and for those of you who uh, who listened to last week's episode, I talked a little bit about Light at Play. We are actually going to have a guest in studio coming up uh, to talk about Light at Play uh, in the next week or so. So a lot more information, but Light at Play is an interactive art light display that will be up from February 10th through the 21st. Um, and it's going to be uh, really, really cool. I was checking it out online. Amazing stuff. So I'm really excited. And there's nothing, there's never been anything like this in Peoria, right? There has never been anything like this in Peoria. So you're going to want to check it out. And that's yes. at Osuna Park. That is correct. Um, in Old Town Peoria. And again, that will be happening at the same time. Second Saturdays hap is going to be happening February 11th. And for those of you that come to Second Saturdays, you know what to expect great music good food and just a good good evening weather uh, looks like it's going to be really good hopefully fingers crossed uh, so make sure you come out to that also I wanted to mention that uh, we are in park fest season and um, if you don't know what park fests are just as a, a quick uh, a quick rundown of, of what happens is that they are very locally based in different neighborhood parks around the city uh, and it's a chance for you to get out to a local park a neighborhood park um, enjoy some food sometimes they do movies uh, there's other things that happen at the Park Fests, um, but definitely check out the special events page uh, in the city because that will have all the information about the Park Fest happening, and it, it happens all spring, correct, Mary that is, Lou? That's correct. We go February, well, actually, we have one this Saturday, yeah, so January, January 28th right. all the way through the end of April. Right, so weather's going to be great. Of, six of them. Six total Park Fests, again, and they're very locally based in those neighborhood parks. Um, they're, they're fantastic. It's a chance to get out and meet city officials, um, meet your neighbors, right? you know meet people that you that live in your neighborhood or around that neighborhood park it's just a really really great time so park fest season is upon us so make sure that you you uh check out the special events page to find out if there's a park fest near you so 
as I said, February is a busy month, a lot going on. Uh, and we actually, uh, one of the reasons we brought Thomas in is because there's a big event going on at the end of February, um, Devour, which we'll, we'll jump into a little bit later. Uh, but Devour Phoenix is, is happening, and we're going to talk to Thomas about that. But before we, we get there, Thomas, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Um, you mentioned you've been with uh, AZ, our local first AZ, for nine years now? Yeah, it's been about nine and a half wow. years. So what's your journey? How did you end up there? Sure. So um, I'm Arizona, born and raised, actually West Valley kid. Um, Folks still live over um, to our neighbor, um, Glendale, just just easy here, uh, 51st and Olive. Um, we, we call it Olive, not Dunlop, right? right. <laughs> That's I, right. I grew up at 59th and Cactus. Okay. The same we're, way. Neighbors. It's, it's, we're neighbors. We're neighbors. It's Olive. We, always will be. We probably both went to Ironwood for swimming in the summer, maybe. Yep, absolutely. Okay. And GCC, <laughs> did you ever go to the GCC pool? Uh, my sisters okay. did. Yeah. I, I, I was a, I biked to Swore Ranch Park oh, and, and chased yep. the peacocks. Right so, on. We yeah. did too. Yeah. Well, <laughs> West Valley, born and raised, um, went to high school in downtown Phoenix. I've lived in the East Valley for about 17 years after college. Um, I've always just had a passion for this place. Um, uh, if you've been in Arizona for a while, at least in greater Phoenix, um, for a really long time, there was not a strong connection to place. Um, for every two chain restaurants, we had one local, right? right? It was, uh, just the infrastructure of our cities are built in a way to kind of feel disconnected unless you, um, are doing work to to build more connection to place, or um, or or you all are already connected, and so I I always had a passion for this place. I grew up around people that couldn't wait to leave, whether that was <laughs> literally whether that was after high school or after college. The only place you could get an Arizona themed T shirt was at Walgreens, you know, and right. they were like buy no th- buy three for nine ninety nine kind of a thing, right? And now you've got. State 48 and all of these brands, you know, shouting out their pride for Arizona. So things have changed a lot. Absolutely. Um, but I was always someone here that that was actually proud of this place. And um, I found Local First Arizona as being the center of driving that connection um, to the community. And when I met our founder um, uh, back in 2013, I was already kind of rooted through the work that she was doing through her art gallery and record store and work in the music community and the artist community uh, throughout greater Phoenix. And so I, I already had kind of this connection to the why of the organization and immediately immediately was able to plug in. Um, the, the work of Local First Arizona for a really long time was was almost solely focused on raising awareness to people about how to get connected to local companies, Mm -hmm. which is really important. Now you can't, I mean, 20 years local first is celebrating this year. Yeah. That's amazing. Started in 2003 and uh, you can't go anywhere without, you know, seeing a sticker that says we're, we're proud locally owned business. Right. right? We've just hammered the nail home, Uh, (laughs) you know, and you can't travel to a rural town without seeing it either. Right. And whether it's a branded local first Arizona piece, or you are just seeing, we're a proud local business. Um, over the last 20 years, we've really, really driven the message home that it's not only something important that businesses do, but it's something that we know consumers want. Um, Localverse has been able to grow because we were at the center of knowing um, what was going to drive people to businesses. And, you know, we kind of think of things in um, 
two large buckets. One is you have a field of consumers that are only focused on convenience. And on the other side, uh, you have a field of consumers that are focused on experience. And uh, many of the larger brands and larger companies aren't offering the experience that people desire. Right. And so that's that's kind of the middle fold. That's the place that a lot of our rich, vibrant, unique, locally owned businesses are um, are playing right now. And, and that's the work that we do. And in, in, you use the word vibrant. And I know that's in your mission statement. And I, I think that's an important word. You just talked about experience. And I think that's what consumers are looking for, right? You know, at the library, that's what we hammer home with our, with our staff is it's a personal experience. And when people come in, they want to feel that connection. They want to feel that experience. So, you know, from a local business aspect, what, how do you support that? What do you do for those local businesses? Is, is it training? Is it, Hey, you know, you got to create this or do they already know that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of both. So <laughs> we always say, um, you know, nobody wants to go local if local sucks. Huh? So That's a good point, <laughs> right. <laughs> if you go, if you go on someone's website and it says they're open at 10 AM and you show up at 11 and they're, there's still a lock yeah. on the door. It's not, it's not a good experience, right? So not only are we engaging consumers and educating them about how they spend their money and why, where they sp- they spend their money matters and getting them to think about supporting more locally owned businesses, but we work directly with the businesses to educate them, train them, help them nurture relationships, help them collaborate together to come up with creative ways uh, to deliver great experiences, right? And so, you know, a lot of the times people are always asking us, well, how do you know what's local? And the number one thing I always tell people is, well, when the next place you walk into, walk up to the counter and ask the person working who owns this place. Mm-hmm. And if they have no idea, <laughs> you're probably not in a locally owned business. Right? Which a lot of them don't. Right? You know, the chain, if you do walk into those chains and you say, hey, who owns, who owns, your, who owns uh, your restaurant? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I just work here. <laughs> right? Can I get you something? You're right. <laughs> So uh, we train businesses, rather than wait for those people to come to you, you, you need to right. tell them, right? Print on your receipts. Thank you for supporting a, a family-owned, locally-owned business. Have great signage. You know, Deliver the best experience someone is going to have. Say hello to every person that walks in the yeah. door, right? And you have no idea what day people are having, right? If they're going to have an experience, spend money with you. You know, they got in their car, they came to your business. Mm-hmm. Give them the best you can possibly give, right? That's that's the advantage that you have over a lot of these larger companies. Um, one of the examples I tend to give is, <clears throat> you know, when we're giving presentations, I'll say, who's been to a Starbucks before? Not out of shame. Not no. out of shame at all. Everybody's been to a Starbucks. Right, Everything goes up. And then I say, who's been to a Starbucks and they get your name wrong? Every hand goes on. <laughs> it's like, hi, my name's Tommy, and I get Tony on the right, comp, yeah. right? So um, one example I give for coffee shops all the time is like, just get their name right, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Memorize their name, say hello to them by name when they walk in, you'll have a customer for life, yeah. right? So thinking about all these different ways we can build relationships, be a part of the community, go the extra mile. These are things we're training businesses to do every single day. That's that, I love the training aspect. That is a huge part of it because a lot of people, they start a business, they know what they're doing for whatever product that maybe they're, you know, it, they're great at cooking. So they start a business and they have, but they may not know how to run that business appropriately. So you guys have really stepped in and kind of filled that that gap for them. Um, are there certain aspects that you guys really try to, from a, you know, we've seen this shift from 
you know, shop local. There's days now right around the holidays, you know, shop local, do this. Have, have you guys, what have you guys done to really get that message out to the local, to, to the, the community saying, hey, you got to shop local. You got to, yeah, we know there's the big box stores. We know there's the Starbucks. What, what are you guys doing to get that message out to not the business owners, but the community about shopping local? Yeah. So as I mentioned, you know, for the past 20 years, we've driven that message home. Right. Um, and, you know, it's it's been pushed so hard that it's ingrained in what the media is looking to feature, right? What magazines are looking to talk about, what social media is pushed out there. And so we've we've kind of taken a step back and said, okay, what, what really is our mission at Local First Arizona? And it is to build a more inclusive, resilient, um, sustainable Arizona economy for the future, right? We're, we're looking long-term mm-hmm. at Arizona's economy. And so with, with doing such a great job of driving that message home, which we need to continue doing, we always say there's people arriving at Buy Local every day, even right. though we've been saying it for 20 years. And so everyone is welcome, right? Everyone is included. Um, if, if today is the first day you thought about shopping at a local business, I'm thrilled, right? <laughs> but I also understand that there's a lot of, uh, we understand there are many deeper economic issues we need to address. So we provide a variety, not only that, you know, kind of initial ideation and creativity training to businesses, but obviously there's a lot of other things you need to run a business. Sure. So we offer programs for Spanish preferred speaking business owners that might not have access to the general type of business information that you think might be out there. We help them set up their first time bank accounts. We help them get access to credit. Um, We help businesses think through how they can create sustainable business models for the environment and go green. So, you know, if you're looking to save money on water or your waste, uh, we help you create plans to address that. Uh, We work throughout all of rural Arizona. We work with food-based businesses. So we're looking at all the deep, intricate pieces of the economy and saying, where does entrepreneurship have a role in this? Where are the challenges? What communities might be left out of the conversation? And how do we supply our knowledge, experience, and trust in the community uh, to help as best we can. That's amazing. I think I, I, I appreciate what you said because I think a lot of people look at local first aid and say, oh, they support business. It's so much deeper than that. It is, it, there's so many levels to it. And you had mentioned when you started nine years ago, there were how many employees? There were six of us. Six. Yeah. And you just hired your 50th. 50th. Yeah. So that tells you how many levels and how how involved and how the depth, what the depth is for what you do for local businesses. I know one of the big things that you guys focus on uh, is uh, farmland mm-hmm. uh, pre- preservation, uh, food, you know, food and farm, I think is one of the tabs that you guys have yep. on your website. There is a huge connection to farming in Peoria. It is one of the backbones of what made Peoria great. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, there's still we still see farmlands out in Peoria. You know, I drive past them all the time. Wh- what is the message there? What's the connection? Why are you guys so um, connected to that? I love it. What is the what is the message there? Yeah, well, we can't have a resilient, uh, sustainable, vibrant Arizona economy if we can't eat. <laughs> Good point. Period. Right. Um, and uh, preserving the farmland that we have left is critically important um, as a as a as a ch- major challenge for Arizona. As we look at what's historically been grown here, um, how entrepreneurs and and farmers play a role in what's being grown here, and ensuring that they have access to the land to grow sustainably. So one statistic I always throw out is that 
Arizona, of of all the tomatoes we eat, 75% of them come from another state or somewhere else in the world. Oh, okay. Interesting. And 75% of the tomatoes we grow go somewhere else. So um, the it, the mindset about about how we scale food product and how we consume is completely flipped, right? Um, if there was some type of need to feed ourselves within the state, we would really only have about three days worth of food for Arizona to survive on. So um, that's a little scary, <laughs> right? When you, I mean, when you put that in perspective, yeah. right? Wow. Okay. Yeah. So our work in farmland preservation is directly tied to our focus as an organization on food systems, um, developing Arizona's food system to be long-term sustainable and to support farmers and entrepreneurs that are in that space. The average age of the farmer in America, I think is 67. And so, uh, that is an, an, an aging industry. Right, yeah. And if we don't have, have farmers, we don't have food. Mm-hmm. So at every aspect, we're looking at access to land. We're, we're looking at preserving the land that farmers currently have, right? And the infrastructure that is developed there. We're looking at providing resources to them, helping them negotiate their deals, helping, helping working with the cities to make sure that those farmers can preserve that land. And then helping um, that food get sourced from places that we can consume it. So um, uh, building relationships to distribution companies, um, building relationships to restaurants, hospitality. Uh, We host an event each year called the Good Food Expo and the Food and Farm Forum, providing information to farmers on how they can sustain themselves. And then also bringing in all the buyers whether that's, you know, Kroger or, you know, the Phoenix Public Market or whatever the small restaurant is down the street to meet the farmers and hopefully source their products from them. That's amazing. And again, a lot of depth to that. It's, it's, you're, you're really putting your, your money where your mouth is per se. I mean, you're going out, you're, you're helping these farmers do whatever they can to preserve the land, to keep the land, to get better at what they do, to find the vendors that need the food. Um, quite amazing. And you brought up events. I know you guys do uh, a, a ton of events. Do you know offhand how many events you do? Uh, I know I'm putting uh, you on the spot there, Thomas, but it's I, a lot. <laughs> I was going so, through and yeah. I was amazed. It's, 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 you have your signature events that you yeah, do, but yeah. just going through and looking at the amount of of uh, events that you guys do is incredible. Yeah, and, and the thing is, is we're not doing events just to do events. Um, every single event we put on has a purpose. So we're putting on 80 um, business networking opportunities a year throughout the state. So if you're in Flagstaff, Phoenix, Tucson, if you speak Spanish, we have Spanish um, networking events. So those are for entrepreneurs and business owners to get to know each other, build relationships. We'll have a farmer come and then we'll have the CEO of a technology company come. It doesn't happen anywhere that's, else, right? That's really cool. <laughs> so, I love that. Yeah, it's super cool. Um, and then we have our signature larger scale things that we do throughout the year. Uh, we just brought back our fall festival in downtown Phoenix in November. That's a 20,000 person event or wow. our largest event of the year, 200 locally owned businesses selling their items. Um, and a lot of things are coming back for the first time. And so it's kind of, you know, putting on the, the training wheels again, getting, <laughs> getting used to facilitating things again. One of our last events that we had before COVID and, you know, we were all wiping the sweat off our foreheads on March 17th was Devour the World, which we were proud to bring to Peoria for the first time and then Devour Culinary Classic 
literally about two weeks before the state shut yeah, down, we were able to facilitate those two events. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I know great, dev- great events, by the way. Yes. Yeah. I know. I know devour the devour the world was a, a huge success here in Peoria and Mary Lou, I know you are hoping to, to bring that back. Yes. It, that was a, a big passion project of mine because I have grown up going to devour the culinary classic. It originated at um, the place I used to work at Phoenix theater, Phoenix art museum. We had it in our beautiful area there and, and I fell in love from the beginning. And then I brought my husband and my son and my daughter. They all were like, this is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> and then it moved to the Desert Botanical Garden. So I've been a huge fan of it forever. And I had a little note in my folder when I came over to the city of Peoria. And I called up Kimber. Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, <laughs> I'd really love to bring something like this to our community in Peoria. And she was all over it. And and we did it. And it the tickets sold out very quickly. Yep. Um, and the thing that always impressed me when I first met Kimber was I too am an Arizona native um, and growing up we got a lot of slamming for things like "Eh, that's not an arts place there's no good places to eat Mm -hmm. I'm like are you kidding me Mm -hmm. no good places to eat have you been to the same Arizona that I live in so I really feel like Local First brought this I took away that idea and brought to the forefront the fact that Phoenix is a foodie town. Mm-hmm. It's a great foodie town. More than people know. Mm-hmm. Way more than people know. Tucson also. I mean, there's incredible places to eat everywhere in Arizona. So I credit Devour um, with a lot of that. And I also, um, I've met some of the best restaurateurs uh, that I've ever met, and I continue to support them. And that's what I think is really key about that event. Yep. It's not just about getting the tastings, which is great. It's that continued support year round so that they have a sustainable business, they have a clientele, and they do make me feel special. Yeah. yeah. And they do know, then they do get my name right. <laughs> and and Kimber is the founder. I just want to make yeah. sure yeah, Kimber yeah. is the founder. She's the she was the, the, the driving force. She's a dynamo. Yeah, just just behind getting local first Arizona up and running and I think that's amazing and it's been quite a journey for her and for all of yeah. you and and the 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 work you are doing for local businesses is tremendous and Good Business Summit is that still Yeah, we're bringing them back uh April 4th. Okay, uh, we're going to be in Mesa this year. Oh, yeah. I yeah. I participated uh, yeah. a few years ago right before that's the right. pandemic everything was Every, pre-pandemic. Everything, yeah. Yeah. And, and you it kinda, was incredible. And you had mentioned a little bit that when we were talking before went went on that you know everything kind of exploded during yeah. COVID because of all the different economic, uh, you know, things people were going through and how much you guys were doing. How did COVID affect you guys uh, per se? Yeah. So we, we responded, I would say more quickly than the rest of Arizona. Um, we sat down right after devour and Kimber and I had a conversation and we were actually looking at what was happening in Seattle. And at that time, Seattle was shutting down and it was really only a few other major cities. Uh, people hadn't really realized what was going on mm-hmm. yet unless it was like exploding in your area yet. So, you know, New York, Seattle, right. Los Angeles, Chicago, like our, our very tight, big cities, we're seeing it. And it hadn't really come in the Southwest yet in a way where people were like on edge. Right. But we said, if this happens here, um, things are going to get out of control, not only just in general from a health perspective, but um, our business community is really going to struggle. And so we sent our staff home. We said, get ready to work from home before the state shut down, which as you might remember, it was 
here it was just like everybody go home quick right, you know <laughs> like there's not a lot of preparation but we right. sent everybody home a week early wow get what you need get your desks we're just going to get prepared just in case and um and there you have it um the state shut down and our our phones didn't stop it was it was pretty insane um had to have a day training where we kind of took everybody in and we said okay your responsibilities that you had before we're not putting on events like no longer event planners you're you know (laughs) you are small business consultants here's questions to ask here's things you're going to need to look for here's directions we're going to give wow and i mean i i don't even know how many calls a day we were all getting but it was at least 25 to 30 from just different businesses what do i do where do i go what's going to happen what we ended up doing is um, we collected letters from businesses from every county in the state um, advocating for the governor to request from the SBA to release emergency oh, relief funding wow. from the Small Business Administration. And so we sent them 25 letters um, in two days. Um, the governor asked us to come out to the press conference. They formally requested the funds, opened it up, and that was the emergency inju- injury disaster yeah. that everybody remembers, those grants that went out as soon as we could get them out. From there, it was just like fire. We raised um, and distributed over $60 million in wow. small business relief grants, just getting money out the door as fast as we could. So businesses could keep, al- keep yeah, food on the alive, table, right? keep their employees if they could. And, um, and it really was just two years of support, support, support as much as we could. We called it triage recovery and resiliency how do we get people out of the trap that we're in now get them to recovery and then build a more resilient economy as we come out of this and and that's where we are now talk about being proactive wow that's amazing and as somebody who was also born and raised here like you thank you for for doing that and for all the work that you guys have done because i think you you had a, a hand in saving a lot of livelihoods and a lot of businesses. Thank so you. kudos to you guys. What Thank a, you. what a great job. So I do want to talk a little bit about devour where we, we, yeah. we mentioned a little bit about devour the world, but you guys have obviously one of your signature events coming up at the end of February, I believe February 25th and 26th. Correct. Yep. yep. So tell our listeners it, it is in Peoria. So I do apologize, Peoria, <laughs> but it is in Phoenix and it is an amazing event. So I do want our, our listeners to sure. you know know a little bit about it. If they've never been to devour before, what can they expect? Sure. Yes. So um, about 15 years ago, there was an article put out, I think it was in the New York Times, and it was titled Arizona's uh, Food, uh, or Arizona's Restaurant Desert, or something like that. <laughs> nice. And um, I mentioned when I was a kid growing up here, every for every two chain restaurants, we have one, we had lo- one local restaurant. That's flipped. We now have two local restaurants for every chain nice. in Greater Phoenix. Um, and if you're familiar with the restaurant Postino, the owner Postino, yes. Craig DeMarco, walked into Kimber, um, where she would probably stink weeds, where she was at the time, <laughs> threw the, the article on the counter and said, what are we going to do about this? Wow. And therefore they launched Devour, which was um, an initiative to shine a light on the culinary scene in Greater Phoenix. Um, they knew even at that time we have great chefs, great restaurants. They're just not getting recognized. Mm-hmm. So the the point of Devour was to bring people into a space to not just eat, but to actually recognize that we have culinary talent in Arizona. And when you do that, you build more connection to place. You get people excited about the community. And when you do that for people, they're more likely to give charitably. They're more likely to vote. They're more likely to be involved, right? And so all of this is tied into what we do at Local First. So 
15 years later with that little break through the pandemic, we didn't know if Devour was going to come back, honestly, through through the pandemic. Oh, wow, um, okay. With what restaurants are facing, we weren't even bringing it up, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so um, with overwhelming demands, not only from the community, but from the chefs, um, Devour is back. Um, February 25th, 26th, Desert Botanical Garden. Um, we have not only long-standing restaurants that made it through the pandemic, we were able to help but also a lot of new up-and-coming restaurants that have opened within the last two years that are really exciting, too. And how many do you expect out there? We'll have uh, over 3,000 people wow. over the weekends, and um, I think it's something like 50 restaurants. Um, mm, that's awesome. All from throughout the state um, that will be sampling really unique items. Yeah. So make sure you get out there, and where can people go to get more information on that? Yeah, so Devour sold out. Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh, I, well, have bom, bom, bom. Wow, so I have my ticket. Wow. I have mine. But you can look up the restaurants, go visit them. Okay, um, there you go. Go check them out. Um, every restaurant is carefully vetted to be a chef-driven uh, restaurant that's doing really creative things, and um, we highly encourage you to go check them out anyway. And then, you know, this isn't the last you know, stop for right. devour. Uh, we're looking at new opportunities for next year. Maybe we can bring devour the world back. You know, we're, we're talking about that in the past. We used to also host a, a bartending competition for the oh, Valley's nice. best bartenders in town with local liquor and that, and that kind of stuff. So a lot of fun things may come in the future that we want people to know about and, um, and probably hear about it in the next year. Absolutely. Yeah. And I know you guys have another event coming up uh, in March, uh, the Melrose Street Fair, right? Is that, where's that at? Yeah, um, that's probably something that we're promoting through a partner. Oh, okay. Um, I yeah, saw yeah, that yeah. on the website. It always looked like a, street a fairs are always fun for yeah, people. So. Yeah, so we put on a lot of our own events, but we also promote other things happening in the community. Everything doesn't have to be local first, right? right. We just want people to connect with their community. Melrose is an amazing neighborhood. Um, um, I know that a lot of the different neighborhoods throughout Greater Phoenix put on their own events, and so we try to amplify those. So you're just own. promoting yeah, for them, absolutely. which is another element of how you guys yep. help these local businesses through promotion. So. Yeah, that's how we partner with cities too. What do you got going on? Let's put it on our calendar. If you're a business out there and you're doing your own things, connect with us. We'll amplify. We've got 450,000 social media followers. So oh, I always wow. tell businesses, go follow our page and like like our stuff and like people will start to see your name and like drive people to your pages too, you know? So yeah. So that's great. And that's good information for our local Peoria business owners. If you didn't know that, this is a great, this is some information for you to go out. Like you said, it's an easy thing. Follow, you know, get involved in the social media because that's a way to promote your own business too. Yep. So yep. that that's great stuff. Thomas, thank you so much. What a, a treasure trove of information. And again, from, you know, from the perspective of, of, a local person who, you know, is so supportive of local businesses. Thank you for all that you are doing um, for our, our local businesses, for the farming communities that we have here. Um, Arizona is a wonderful place to live. I am like you. I'm a native. I love this state. I love where I live. Uh, and what you guys are doing is amazing work. So thank you so much. Thank you. Happy to be here. Happy to do it. I feel like this is the beginning of a really good joke. What happens when you get three Arizona natives in a podcast room. I've I don't know. Never had. Is this there's only three? Before. They're right here. They're this here. Is it. <laughs> we're we're this is here. It. This is the population tapped out for the day. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They're, we're done. It's like that's one of the the ongoing jokes is, yeah. is in, in Arizona. The, there is no natives. Everybody's from somewhere else. Yeah. So and they come here now and they go, oh, I'll stay forever. And then in July they go, oh. 
where, why did I do that? But you yeah. know, to your point about creating connection, mm -hmm. when people move here from somewhere else, we have to help them find their connection too. Yep. And that's really pivotal to the mission of what you do and really what the missions of each of these cities are trying to do mm -hmm. is create these wonderful experiences, whether it's in their downtown or in their neighborhoods. And yep. that's really our, our passion is to make sure that people feel connected to what we are and what we what's unique about Peoria. Mm -hmm. And so I think yeah. that everything you do is fantastic well, so thank you thank you yeah and on that note um with being native one thing that i always love to ask which i will to kind of help transition <laughs> sure. us to close which i know you're looking to do no i'm good when we think about the east coast um you usually hear oh where'd you go to school um and, but they're talking about college so oh. what i always love to do for people that i know have been here for a long time is where'd you go to high school i'll mary lou please you first Coronado High School okay. in Scottsdale. Love it. I went to Barry Goldwater. Okay. I was actually supposed to go to Ironwood. Uh, oh. I lived right up. We lived at 59th and Choya, and I was supposed to go to Ironwood, but my dad was the choir director at Goldwater. Oh, love and it. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to go over there. And, and uh, I, it worked out because I met my high school sweetheart who's now my wife so amazing yeah right yeah. I, I met my high school sweetheart he went <laughs> to he went to, a, <laughs> he went to a rival high school he was he was arcadia okay and oh, i was coronado okay. and we actually beat them in the football game the night before and my volleyball team was playing and then at he the found you well we, like, we, i gotta find that girl we, we met the next day nice so. where did you go to high school so i grew up across the street from apollo but oh, i okay. actually went to saint mary's okay um and usually there's like a con weird connection i have to people somehow through like sports because of all the different schools you go to to play basketball and sure. stuff um but funny thing is the reason i always ask is because you never know who you're gonna run into uh, at a previous job i had a, a, a fellow employee who brought in her husband one day his name is Tom, said hello. Um, she, he recognized my last name and said, oh, I, I knew a guy named Tom Barr back in you know, <laughs> high school. And I was like, oh, my dad's Tom. And come to find out, they played baseball together. My dad was shortstop. He was second base at Camelback High School oh in my like gosh. 1967. Yeah. Small world. <laughs> Actually, that happens to my family and my That's, husband's family all the time because we had a lot of siblings. Yep. So we've gone to school with somebody or played sports with somebody yep. in yep. the Valley. Yep. 100%. So I, I, I do have to ask you because of where you grew up, where did you go to grade school then? Because you had to been be in the same area I was in. So I was over by Landmark Middle School in near downtown Glendale. I actually went yeah. to OLPH, which is down the street okay. from there. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I know yeah. right where that's at. So yep. it's amazing. <laughs> it's, it, it is crazy when you meet somebody who is native and they grew up here and they okay, went to so grade the next here. podcast is going to be all about growing up and we need one <laughs> right? no, we need one because so we I'll, can all tell great stories yeah, sure the, the crazier thing is kimber actually grew up a mile away from like she went to preschool where i went to grade oh, school that's amazing <laughs> yeah, it's it just gets weirder and weirder that the is amazing you go. yeah that's it's it's crazy in that area you know i mean if you're talking about where you were at at 51st yeah. and all of you said and yeah. i'm at 59th and between peoria and cactus it's amazing to go back to that. I mean, I grew up in the eighties, but talking about local and what was there, I mean, yeah. there wasn't, it just wasn't there. I mean, there was a local auto shop that was near us that we went to. Yeah. So we supported that, yeah. but like, you know, remember that citrus field? Yes. Yeah, so I used to ride my bike in <laughs> yep. the orange groves where yep. Arrowhead yep. mall is now. Yeah. Yeah. So that was just kind of the, the way that, yeah, it's crazy stuff, but I love this. And we definitely, next time we have you on, you know, we, we might talk a little local first Daisy, but I think we're going to be talking more about growing up in Phoenix. <laughs> love so, it. That's a whole podcast on it own but again thomas thank you so much for for coming in um 
love to get you back. And for those people who, you know, Devour is sold out, but as Thomas said, go on the website because you can still check out the local businesses that are going to be involved yep. um, and, and get a chance to get out there, try some of the food that, that, that they're bringing to Devour. And this is a note for all of you. Get next year, get on early, get your tickets early because it does sell out. How fast? Do you know how fast? It's probably pretty quick. This is the fastest ever. We sold out in two weeks. This two weeks. Year. Yeah. They, they go on sale in November okay, when so. we have our fall festival. So be looking out for the fall festival. We'll release the tickets right after that. Yeah. Plan ahead, people. Yeah. Plan ahead because it goes fast. I'm on their email list. <laughs> so when I got the email, I bought my tickets. Yeah. And do you guys do a newsletter or anything so people could go yeah. on? Yeah. If you're, if you're a business, we have a business newsletter if you want to hear about resources or opportunities to grow your business if you're don't have a business or you work for a local business you would just want to find out about cool stuff uh you can follow our newsletter too and what's and the website they can go to localfirstaz.com there you go. yep so go on localfirstaz.com follow the newsletter follow what's going on you can you can get it, all the events uh just amazing work you guys are doing so thank you so much for coming on yeah we're gonna get you back mary lou thank you for for joining me it's always great when you're here to to chat and and always throw in you know you are also local and native so i love your stories as well so um again thanks to tom Thomas, thanks to Mary Lou. This is What's Up Peoria. And as always, make sure you're getting out to the events that we have. We have a, a, a great lineup in February. And we'll be back next week to talk more about Light at Play. Uh, we are we are going to be talking about some of the upcoming events this spring, Park Fest and everything else. So get out there. Get to these events so you can enjoy Peoria. It's great weather. Great time to be out and about. Again, thanks to Thomas. Thanks to Mary Lou. This is What's Up Peoria. We'll see you next week. 